Click, listen, enjoy. Broadcasting live worldwide. Thank you for tuning in to Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. You're listening to Talkline with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner. I think it's been a while. I think perhaps been too long since we last had Rabbi Howard Jackter with us. He's a very unique rabbi. He is a, a modern Orthodox rabbi, Dayan, educator, author. He sits on the basin of Elizabeth, New Jersey, Dayan and Get Administrator, known as an expert on the laws of Jewish divorce. He also chairs the Aguna Prevention and Resolution Committee of the Rabbinical Council of America, and he's able to bridge the gap between Sephardim and Ashkenazim and Hasidic and modern Orthodox. So uh, he's, he's the best in the blend of all worlds. So good to have you back. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be here, Dad. So before I get this on the works that you do, I wanted to pay tribute to somebody who unfortunately passed away, Rabbi Gedalia Dove Schwartz, who was the head bezin of the CRC, Chicago Rabbinical um, Group, and also head of, of the Rabbinical Council of America, their rabbinical, their bezin group as well, the bezin of America. So I know it's been a loss for American Jewry, but a lot of people may not be familiar with him. So I'm glad you're here to maybe shed some light on who he was and what he accomplished. It's just un- it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how in uh, his uh, 95 years how he accomplished so much. But just to be able to really capture who he was, he he really was the rabbi's rabbi, meaning that if your rabbi was a was a uh, member of the RCA, now the Rabbinical Council of America, most likely when he had a very difficult question, the person that he went to was Rav Gedalia Dov Schwartz, hands down. The most difficult questions. Uh, that halakha questions that that uh, that American Orthodox Jews, American modern Orthodox Jews, have encountered over the last 30 years, he really had the final word when it came to the 9/11 agunot. Right, that means that the uh, the the, uh, the 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 women whose husbands had disappeared in the terrorist attack of 9/11, and there were 15 of them, and he resolved about 11 of those cases. So that's just an example of when a difficult issue would come about, he, he had the final word. Wow. And that certainly was is important then because dealing with divorce is a complicated issue, and certainly that's something which helped people if he's able to come to a resolution with that as well. I, did he deal at all with corona or COVID? I, I would assume it didn't have as much impact with getting, except maybe there perhaps more of a demand for divorces, uh, which is what happened in general society. I wonder if it happened the same in Jewish society as well. He 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 was not. He by unfortunately in 2017 he he uh, suffered from a stroke, and his influence was much more quiet and reserved. So those people whose close whose closest circles were the ones that had access to him. After 2017, he really was not uh, able to communicate too much about uh, about COVID. But just to understand, he, just to go back to what you were saying, his impact was not limited to to get to, to Jewish divorces. Now it, it included that, and he was one of the driving forces that pushed ahead with the prenuptial agreement from the Rabbinical Council of America, which now within the modern Orthodox community and hopefully even beyond is becoming the de rigueur. It has become the standard 
at, uh, at at Orthodox at Orthodox weddings, and it's starting to spill over to uh, to the uh, to the to other other segments of the Orthodox community as well. Chabad is beginning to uh, adopt it, and uh, many in the Haredi community already have said it was Mishpacha magazine had a, had a few months ago a, a series of articles on the topic that it's really it's time already in the Haredi community as well to have the uh, to to adopt the prenuptial agreement and. And uh, this was uh, this was this was this was him. This was definitely had an impact in terms of divorce, but he had impact on other other ma- marriage, tremendous with, with marriage. We have people who otherwise would be considered to be manzerim or illegitimate. He very often, not always, but most often, was able to find a solution to someone that seemed to be a mamzer, that seemed to be illegitimate. Uh, he was uh, tremendously helpful with conversion. He helped create the GPS, the Geras policies and, 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 and positions and standards that the Rabbinical Council of America has, has adopted, that has organized the conversion process here in the United States and, and, and uh, coordinated together with the Israeli rabbinate. It's, uh, he, he, he made an enormous contribution in, in, in many, many areas. For, specifically for Jews in Chicago, he really elevated the CRC. He took the CRC when he came in 1987 well, it's just a local, uh, a local vod, we'll, we'll say. But uh, at this point, the CRC really is a force on, in the kosher scene, uh, in, in the international kosher scene. It's, you, 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 if you look at like the four top major uh, kosher organizations in the country, it, it, the CRC is definitely top four or five. It was not that way when he came in 1987. No, so I was going to say kosher is certainly a major thing because it had an impact way beyond Chicago because a lot of the products that was certified by the CRC is in use around the United States and perhaps even beyond our country. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. But you see, what what positioned Rob Schwartz to be in such a in such an impactful position from 1987 going forward was that he he served in rabbinical positions before that all over the United States. He was in English Town, New Jersey. He was in, he was in Borough Park at the Young Israel Borough Park. That was his last pulpit. Very very successful. He was in Philadelphia. He was in Rhode Island, Providence. He he experienced. He was in communities, large, small, and the reason why he was able to be the rabbi's rabbi for all sorts of rabbis, a wide range of rabbis, be they in the military, be they uh, be were all small pulpits out of town, in town, small, large. He was always able to provide wise and and, and learned guidance. For to to the rabbis and whatever problems they faced, because he had so much experience. Remember, he became the head of the of the rabbinical council of the of the CRC, of the Chicago Rabbinical Council. He became the head in 1987 when he was 62 years old. He's 62 years old, so he already had a wealth of experience at that point, a wealth of rabbinical experience, and he was able to share that. And that's why rabbis all over the country knew he was the person to go to because he really understood the problems. He, he he served his time in the trenches, as he, as you as you like to say, and he was a tremendous tremendous resource for those people in the, in the trenches and the congregants. We may not have had direct contact with him, but he certainly had indirect impact, literally on on on, on millions of Jews, no doubt. And no question, he has. And all the roles that you mentioned, the Orthodox community has grown and. Kosher food has been an explosion. So while you talked about divorce and marriage, but certainly the realm of kosher is probably the fastest growing area. I think where you see an impact because so many products are certified kosher today. Because as as niche 
markets become more important during today's day and age. So even the kosher market becomes more more value to big companies to have certification. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I think that one of the things that I loved about uh, about uh, Rav Schwartz was that, and he, it, it's a dream really of all of us, everybody, that, uh, that from, can you imagine that from age 62 to age 95 when he passed away, he was very, very productive, and he was strong, and we uh, the bless we wish that blessing upon everybody. We we don't we don't want anyone to the last three years he suffered a lot. We don't want that anyone, but but the fact that he but in in retirement years basically, that he was such a, he was so impactful. His most his best years literally were his best years last thirty years when he was honored at the at Yeshiva University. I believe it was in two thousand fourteen. You can watch on YouTube. He spoke at the uh, convocation, the Chagas Smicha, the uh, the, the rabbinic ordination uh, convocation at Yeshiva University, I believe it was 2014, around 2014. Go on YouTube. Go on YouTube and, and listen to the way that he spoke. You just, you'll just you hear the power of the way that he spoke. In 2014, he's 89 years old. You know, I wish that upon everybody. Everyone should, mm-hmm. should at 89 years old, should be healthy, strong, vigorous, and uh, contributing. Absolutely. Was he in, did he, he have a pulpit uh, in Chicago too, like a shul, or was he involved no. in education at all? No, 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 no. I mean, he had impact. I mean, he would, he would, he would, uh, he taught, he taught a little bit at, uh, Skokie. Uh, he loved the American, um, at, 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 you know, at, at the, uh, the Hebrew, I'm sorry, the Hebrew Theological uh, College, which I believe is in Skokie. Uh, he, he taught some, he taught some courses there to the Rabbanim. Uh, but uh, he, 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 the CRC was a was a full time job. Between between the CRC, and he had two full time jobs. Between the CRC and the Best of America, uh, that that was uh, he had his he had his hands full, and he was uh, he was extremely busy. You know, he 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 he, he never had time to write Svarim. He told me in uh, in nineteen ninety. Uh, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. In two thousand two thousand eleven, he said to me that uh, he wished he had time to write Svarim. He has no time to write Svarim, but he just. He uh, gave Das Yomi Shir. He uh, he spoke he spoke a lot, but he did not have a rabbinical position or or or, or a uh, or a formal educational role. One of the things, by the way, interestingly, that he loved he loved the American rabbi. He loved the American rabbi. He loved especially the American rabbis who who uh, who served who served the the American Jewish community in the early part of the 20th century. These rabbis, unsung heroes, great great scholars that came here and they labored. Uh, throughout the country, very often in, in obscurity, they didn't have anybody to speak to, and they wrote svarim. They wrote great uh, works of Jewish law, and he studied them and taught them and popularized them and, and utilized them in his in, in his uh, rulings and his teachings. And uh, it, uh, it, it that that was one of the things that he really loved. He loved he loved the rabbinate. He loved rabbis, and rabbis loved him. And by extension, he had tremendous tremendous. Tremendously positive impact through those rabbis that he impacted the last thirty years. He really impacted uh, all of us here, the entire American Jewish community. And who's taking his place to fill the work? Because he did a lot and he accomplished quite a bit. And certainly, it may be hard to fill those shoes, but life goes on. So, who is taking on those responsibilities? So, thank God, thank God. This Lo Alman Yisrael, the Jewish people are not widowed, and uh, he, he has uh, he has many many mentors. He has many people that uh, that he that he gave uh, that he gave. He was very very generous with their time. I know I'll speak to myself that I'm able to be a rabbinic uh, a, 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 a rabbinic judge uh, because of him. 
I, I, I am able to serve as a, uh, as, as a Masada get. Uh, a lot of because of his training, he certified me as a as 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 a uh, get administrator, and he and he taught me a lot, and he was very very supportive. And we needed to make new places to establish new places to be able to write gets. Uh, he was he was right he was right behind me. Yesterday I had to write some had to write gets in in, in New Rochelle. He was the one that to be able to be able to establish a tradition to write in New Rochelle, how to translate it into Hebrew, how to identify the water that it's on, that it's on the sea, and then it's on the Hutchinson River. Uh, and and he did for for about ten communities, he helped me uh, do that. But he not just me, many many people. You have you have Rabbi Reese, who's now takes over in his position in in, in the um, in the Chicago Rabbinical Council. You have Rabbi Willig, who takes his position. In the uh, in in the rabbinical count in the rabbinical council of America, you have uh, you have you have you have thank God many 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 capable students of his that uh, that can that continue on in uh, in his in his in his way. There's a Rabbi Daniel Rapp who's in, in at uh, at uh, here in New York who's a tremendous uh, scholar in re- regarding uh, uh, deciding monetary law who also is uh, following in, in in his footsteps. Uh, there's thank God. Thank God there is no the, the CRC has many uh, talented kashrus experts who are, who are able to uh, to continue. So see, he was wise. He was very wise. Rabbi Schwartz was so smart that he was able to. He had a, he, he he educated a generation. He spent a lot of time not in writing svarim. Unfortunately, he didn't get that opportunity to write the svarim that he wanted to write the, the, the Jewish books that he wanted to write. But but he uh, but but he really spent a lot of time. Uh, raising uh, raising students and followers, and now they're taking his place. Terrific. I had asked a question regarding Rabbi Gedalia Schwartz. I asked you because I know you write divorces. Has there been a spike because of COVID? And general society has been. Have you noticed any increase, or has it been pretty much the same? So, okay. Uh, the trends in, in divorce in terms of the Orthodox community is different than the, uh, the than the general community because, and there are studies that show this, uh, from the Rockland Psychological, Insti- uh, Psychological Institute, I'm not sure I have that 100% right, Dr. Yitzchak Schechter has conducted a lot of very, very serious research into the Orthodox community. The, the divorce rate in the Jewish community, the whole way that the Orthodox community, the Orthodox community, the Orthodox community deals with divorce is uh, is a lot is a lot healthier. It's a lot. The numbers are it's a fraction of uh, of the divorce rate and, and beyond the community. I've seen a few cases already of, of situations where the where COVID or the isolation really clarified the couples who otherwise really were not doing well. It clarified the need for uh, for divorce. I, I've seen that a little bit. Uh, I, I cannot say that it's been a uh, a torrent, but I've seen it. I've seen it a little bit. Uh, not to the same extent as as within the uh, general community, because I think we are in a uh, in a much better uh, we're in a much better place. Look, I think the fact that Shabbos we're used to we're used to uh, uh, be being at home. You know, Shabbos Yom Tov it's uh, and and being with family. We're family centric, and um, and therefore uh, I think we were I, 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 I think we were pretty. Well equipped overall to uh, to to deal with this as as a community. Of course, there are individuals and and, and couples that 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 are uh, in need of uh, help and support, without a doubt. But overall, I think the community is strong, and I, I don't expect there to be a uh, a great spike. I'm happy to hear that because I've been hearing even before Corona 
in certain communities like Lakewood and Muncie, there's been a spike in divorce rates, unfortunately. So I've been hearing about a, we hear, hear about a shidduch crisis. I hear there's also a get crisis, too. So it may not be as bad as general society, but it's, I think it may be increased from what it was, which is obviously a cause for concern. Look at the OU. The OU is always running a, a, a plethora of programs to strengthen family, and uh, really go call a vote to them for, uh, for, do, for, for doing that. And there are uh, other, uh, the Shalom Task Force, there are other, you know, with, with Shalom, Shalom Bias, uh, teaching uh, s- s- skills, marriage skills, which is extremely important. I know as a Masada Kedushin, whenever I serve as a wedding officiant, I always uh, really urge the couple that they, the importance of taking their, taking their courses and, and uh, really, learning, really learning the lessons of, uh, of, of learning the skills to be, uh, to be really uh, to be a good spouse. Because it's skills. It's skill building, and it's, it's, and it's, and it's, and it's ongoing. It's, it's, it's a lifetime effort. Rabbi Howard Jackter is our guest, and he is, is an American modern Orthodox rabbi. He bridges the gap between Hasidic and Sephardic and Ashkenazi, and he's on the Besden and the evolving get and divorce and so many different, and an author. What's in the works for the future? I know you have, you've written some books. So what's, what's on the drawing boards? Okay, so the biggest project that we have now that we're just uh, putting on, uh, we're just completing, is working with the OU Press, and with Corin, joint publishing of a book that's going to be called Spartic Savvy, Demystifying 101 Differences Between Spartan and Ashkenazi. And that really is going to be very, very exciting. Uh, this is something I take from my serving as the rabbi of the Spartan congregation of Tinek, Sharei Orav, for the last 20 years, and uh, my uh, being an Ashkenazi, and my uh, bridging the gap between the two and understanding both cultures. And there's a lot in there to help Ashkenazim understand about Svartim and for Svartim to understand about themselves. You know, people outside the Svartim community think that Svartim are all the same, but there's a, there's a there's a tremendous amount of diversity within the within the Svartim community. There's a lot of diversity, there's a lot of depth, and and this book is is it really brings that to light. So just you'll you'll be out, be on the lookout for that. It's coming out in the next couple of months. Svartim savvy. Terrific. I'm looking forward. It's, it's more than just kidneys, obviously. Uh, it's one chapter, but there are another hundred chapters. All right, because people always—I hear people say, "I wish I was Sephardi so I could eat kitnios on Pesach." And I say, "If you want to be Sephardi, think about Elul when you have to go and say <laughs> <laughs> when every morning you got to get up and say slichos." So there's always a trade-off. That's right. And, That's and, right. and, That's and, some, and something about electricity in the making too. Yes, we have a work on uh, two two works on electricity. The the next work that I uh, that I'm gonna that I'm gonna come out with is on electric shavers. It's a breakthrough uh, uh, exposure of an of an of an undercovered uh, or an under uh, understood mis, uh, not sufficiently understood topic that's going to be coming out hopefully in the, on, on available on Amazon in the next couple of months. We just in the, the summer we released a book on errors called Walking the Line, the Helchode uh, Revin, the laws of error from the from the source to the streets, and then hopefully next summer we're going to be uh, working on a book on electricity. Really, that in, in another area that really needs a lot of clarification. Absolutely, because people have lots of confusion about that, and there are controversies with Shabbos lights and what you can do. And, and so, obviously, you're going to clarify. Looking forward to that. So, Rabbi right, Howard, a lot. Yeah, right. There's always something to it. And by the way, the whole technology is: what can you do? Can you walk where cameras go on and lights go on? And oh, yes. So, oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. So, sure. you're, I'm sure you're going to cover all of that. Oh yes. Oh yes. 
<laughs> smart locks, smart, smart thermostats. There's a, a lot of new cutting edge issues. The the uh, the refrigerators of today. A lot, a lot of issues. A lot, the smart issues, homes you walk issues. in, the lights go off, That's go right. on. Sure, these are all That's things. That's right. That's right. So looking forward to that. Rabbi Howard Jack, thank you for joining with us. Look forward to having you back. Thanks for listening. It's a pleasure, Zeb. Thank you for having me in your show. And we're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please become a fan of Talk Line with Zeb Brenner on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and YouTube. On Twitter at TalkLine Network, if you have an Android phone, please download our free app in the Google Store. For iPhones, download the Jewish Radio app. Of course, tune in 24 hours a day at TalkLineCommunications.com for nonstop Jewish broadcasting. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.